Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, yeah, we are back here on Believe Sports Podcast. Welcome back. You're with me, Darius Dalton. I am on live stream right now with my current YouTubers who are uh, subscribed, tuning in right now. We're doing a live show here on Believe Sports Podcast, and I appreciate everybody tuning in. We got stuff to talk about in the NFC East. A lot of big news, in particular with the quarterback position for our Philadelphia Eagles. What was just announced from Jeffrey Lurie today? Well, source says that it was coming from Jeffrey Lurie. You know, it's not necessarily from him himself. He did not announce it. We'll get to that in a minute. And then uh, our division rivals, our division foes of the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott got paid. He got paid. Big man on campus now. Now are the expectations. Where's that trending for for Dallas now within the next four years? Can he catapult the Dallas Cowboys to what they have yet to see in the last quarter of a century? Oh, yeah, that rhymed. But anyways, though, before I get started with the show, just want to say that this show is brought to you by Believe Sports Podcast. Check this out. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming. And so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest at BetOnline is the spot for all of your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, all right, let's, let's get right down to business. I appreciate everybody right now tuning into the chat right now, and we'll get to it after the show. But right now, it's time to get down to business with the NFC East. The quarterback position, the most important position in football, I cannot emphasize that enough, right? We always prioritize the quarterback position, and that's why they get paid the most. And speaking of getting paid, Dak Prescott. Whoo! Dak Prescott collected his bag today. You go, Dak. You go. Um, Hey, look, obviously me as an Eagles fan, I cannot root for Dak because – you know, he's on, I don't, I don't like the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys, okay? And, uh, <laughs> but I actually do enjoy him as a quarterback. I wish he was going somewhere else. So um, I would be able to root for him. But I again, I cannot root for him. But as I said earlier on my stream, I'm always in support for a brother to collect his bag. So the deal could be worth up to $164 million within the next four years, right? And this deal includes $66 million to sign and $75 million in year one, the most in NFL history. That is insane. We're making history, baby. And you know how Jerry Jones is going to get down. Jerry Jones gets down and dirty like that. He always wants to make some noise, even when it comes to these big quarterback contract signings, okay? Now... The Dallas Cowboys, their fans, their organization, Dak Prescott, everybody's happy, right? Everybody's happy in Dallas. This is great news. Always great news when you lock up your franchise quarterback and you envision him carrying that team, hopefully, to the promised land. Now, let's take it over. Take it over to Philadelphia where we were just in quarterback disarray last season. Then then our guy that we just paid, the guy that we just paid over a year ago, he's he's no longer here. But we have some big news sources saying that Jeffrey Lurie wants the team to build 
around Jalen Hurts for the 2021 season. Obviously, a lot of mixed reactions about this because uh, fans not really buying into the Jalen Hurts pick at all. Um, obviously, I think a lot of uh, of the Wentz fans as well who never really embraced Jalen Hurts because um, they took the pick automatically as anti-Wentz. So they're never going to really give Jalen Hurts that that chance because he's always going to be compared to what Carson Wentz may have done, you know, the second year. And he's always going to be now expected to play better than Carson Wentz and then some. And then some because the criticism that was coming from Jalen Hurts when he started having his rookie moments, particularly the Dallas Cowboys game, unfortunately the game that I was at in week 16, uh, they definitely exploited more of uh, Jalen Hurts being a rookie. That's where he was making uh, several rookie mistakes as well. And uh, he still actually put up a lot of yards, a lot of numbers. Um, and then he tried, to, he tried his best to really keep the team in that game. But at that point in time, though, uh, Cowboys, they're kind of getting going. They're getting into a groove there. Uh, a little bit more, um, I, I can't say much because they were 6-10 and 10 themselves, you know what I mean? But look, they were 6-10, and 10, but they were still a little bit more patched up better than us. We were just a dumpster fire. So uh, the fact that Jalen Hurts was still able to give us a bright side for being a dumpster fire team in 2020, hey, that's something that I'm always going to like, you know, look at. And that's something that you want to see when it comes to rookies. I look back at the Carson Wentz rookie season where a lot of us latched onto Carson Wentz after those first three games. Remember, the Eagles started off 3-0 in 2016. And then since then, the Eagles went, I believe, 2-9 the next 11 games. Carson Wentz had a 2-9 stretch. Numbers were not looking good at all. He was looking like a rookie. But we did not care. We did not care that he was struggling during that time. We knew that we were having some misses, uh, missing pieces. Lane Johnson was suspended. Our wide receivers were not that good. Ryan Matthews was a running back, so you know that he was getting hurt as well. You know, it, it, it was it was not a good team, but you were just seeing some promise from the rookie that uh, allowed you to feel confident moving forward, and that's what we all did, and that's what the Eagles did. They were confident with Carson Wentz, which is why they stacked that team in 2017, made, making a big-time offseason, getting Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, LeGarrette Blunt, big vital pieces for that Super Bowl run, and it came to the point where that team was so good that they won without Carson Wentz, okay? But when it comes down to it, bottom line is this, all right? My point is, even though Carson Wentz had his struggles even though Carson Wentz had his struggles during his rookie season, the fan base collectively latched onto the moments that he flashed and showed great leadership and great performances that, you know, we could build something off of that. And I look at Jalen Hurts, the Saints game, the Arizona game, the Arizona game, first and foremost, alone is the game that everybody should look at and say, whoa. Whoa, now let's 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 patch things up. Let's get a running back here. Let's get a consistent running game. Because uh, we already have a running back in Miles Sanders, but you know, get a get a running back to back up Miles Sanders. Let's get this offensive line healthy. Lane is coming back. Kelsey says he's coming back next year. Milata emerged into a beast. Brandon Brooks, Nate Herbig, Isaac Saymalu. Make sure this offensive line is in place. Because this is could be very, very fun. And even some of the early moments in the Dallas Cowboy game when the Eagles took an early lead. Again, these are moments. Oh, he was struggling against Washington in Week 17? That's fine. He was taken off with his legs. And as a matter of fact, gave us the lead, what, around halftime? 
ran in two touchdowns. The dual threat quarterback, very fun to watch, very fun and exciting. And it's amazing that people now choose to ignore that flashes that he showed. They choose to ignore now the promise that Jalen Hurts gave us with the dumpster fire team that he took over. This was a 3-8-1 team. This team made your favorite quarterback in Carson Wentz look like the worst quarterback in the NFL. But when Jalen Hurts struggled, you're not willing to give him that leeway? Not even giving him that rookie excuse? Again, I think it becomes personal for them. But I'm glad Jeffrey Lurie is doing it because most importantly, he's holding Howie Roseman accountable. That is going to be holding Howie Roseman accountable saying, hey, look, we're not going to go ahead and stretch this on now. You made this pick. This pick was the most controversial pick of the 2020 draft, maybe outside of the Jordan Love pick. But you could even understand the Jordan Love pick because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is in the second is, is, is in the second half of his 30s. OK, he's trending towards 40. So you could understand that. OK, Jordan Love put him on the sideline for the next two to three years. Okay, so Jalen Hurts pick itself was, in my opinion, the most controversial pick. You're going to make all that noise, let alone he took out, you, you, you benched your franchise quarterback, and then you have Jalen Hurts already winning players over in the locker room. And you have interviews from Jason Avant saying, this guy, he does not think like a normal quarterback. He, he's, he thinks beyond. He thinks ahead. And you see him out there getting better and better and better, trending upwards, Okay. And if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, I'm like, bruh, this is, this is, you got to now make him work. You got to now make him work because you caused all this noise because of this pick. You got to make him work. I'm not looking to go ahead and pick a quarterback at the number six pick and then give this another two, three year gap to develop, to create more noise. I'm trying to get back into the picture again. That's one thing I like about Jeffrey Lurie. He's a very impatient owner. He's a very impatient owner. A fun fact for everybody right now that's listening and everybody right now is in the live stream. I have my boy Daniel Hill give me a super chat real quick and I'm going to give my boy Daniel Hill a shout out on the podcast. My boy Darius can't wait for the season and see what Jalen can get with the full season of work and chemistry. I think we can be competitive and I like that and I think we can be competitive too. Allow me to get to that. But anyways though, you hold Howie Roseman accountable. We're not going to create any more noise. Again, Jeffrey Lurie, he's an impatient owner. Again, here's a fun fact. That's where I was getting at. The last five times, the last five times, the Eagles finished in last place. 2016, 2012, 2000, yeah, 2012, 2016, 2007, 2005, and 1999. Five years, right? Those five years, those five seasons that I just named. What happened the following year? The following year, the Philadelphia Eagles made the playoffs. And that is being a result last place in the division. So everybody could be mad at Jeffrey Lurie today for making that drastic decision. But I like where his mindset is that I'm going to trust the owner who now has built a resume from being impatient, turning things around, and making us competitive again. Again, the last five times the Philadelphia Eagles were last place in the NFC East. I'm not just making up this number. I gave you years. And guess what? What happened the following year? The Eagles made the playoffs. So that's why it's fascinating that there's a doom and gloom mindset mentality. It's like this organ, uh, the fan base, 
they 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 cut the memory short and they're so reactionary which is fine because i'm very reactionary again those who have subscribed to my youtube channel they see me explode on here they see me <laughs> they see me react obviously and i'm pretty sure that they, I, I do have many subscribers that just want to see my reaction we are very reactionary but i try my best to sit back and understand what's the process right was it trust the process don't don't we say that in philadelphia trust the process so my thing is this I see our resume with Jeffrey Lurie. He does not like being in last place in the NFC East. We quickly fix things up during the offseason. And that next year, we're competitive. Shout out to my boy Daniel Hill again, once again, for the super chat. But I do think that we can be a competitive team. Just got to get healthy. Make some moves. Maybe in free agency, continue to continue, continue the purge. Now we're hearing about Zach Ertz. What were we just talking about? Brandon Brooks. I was just talking about Brandon Brooks in my last live stream. Nate Herbig, who was ranked 12th out of 92 guards in the NFL. Nate Herbig, our undrafted free agent of a couple years ago, stepped in for guard. Only allowed two sacks all year. 22 years old, only cost $600,000. We love Brandon Brooks. And if Brandon Brooks stays, hey, more power to us. Because we're just going to hope Brandon Brooks is available. Because when he's available... Outside of Zach Martin, he's, you know, the best guard. You know what I mean? Him and Zach Martin are neck and neck when it comes to the top guards in the NFL. So, I mean, I'm not going to be mad if Brandon Brooks stays, but I can understand why we could move on from him and take advantage of his value because if teams still see Brandon Brooks as a top guard, take advantage of his value. Because what I see now is a guard that's going to be 32 when the season starts. The last three seasons has had two Achilles tears. One separated shoulder that needed to require surgery. And unfortunately, he deals with anxiety. He has an anxiety disorder. It's very unfortunate and it sucks that that has to happen to him. But that adds on to the baggage that's already that we're already carrying with Brandon Brooks. You know what I mean? Like, it's now becoming unpredictable. Like, when is he going to be available? When is he not going to be available? Is he going to get hurt this game? Is he not going to get hurt this game? I cannot put myself through another Jason Peters situation. And what I mean by that is, it's not just Jason Peters of 2020. I'm talking about Jason Peters of 2019, 2018, 2017. You know, where Jason Peters, he was a top tackle. Every time he was out there on the football field, at one point, he was, the you know, one of the best left tackles in the NFL. But he was just getting hurt and hurt more and more. And we cannot, I cannot rely on that no more. I cannot rely on these veterans that could be great when they're out there on the field for us, but we're not sure because they are not out there on the field for us. I cannot rely on that no more. I am tired. I'm, this team has been injury plagued for five years. How the hell have we made the playoffs three straight years at one point with the Super Bowl along with that? Four playoff wins? With the amount of injuries that I have to see this team endure? I am tired. I don't mind going younger. If they see promise and they hurt big, <laughs> I would co-sign it. I'll be all for it. I'll be all for that. I'm all for moving on. Obviously, the Zach Ertz I just mentioned, trade talks should be brewing up more and more as free agency is going to be approaching with Zach Ertz. And, um, I mean, I'm not expecting anything too high on him. I was just talking about what we could get back in possible return. I don't think the Eagles have a fourth-round pick. I would love a fourth-round pick for Zach Ertz. I would love a fourth-round pick for Zach Ertz. I understand that his time here is done. He should retire an Eagle like Brent Selleck did. 
But uh, I understand that, you know, he wants to get as much money as he can, and that's part of the business. And also, there's a very, very intriguing prospect in Kyle Pitts that I really want in the draft, so that's why I don't mind speeding up this process. <laughs> but anyways, though, um, so you got Dallas now solidifying their quarterback position. So now that they got that situated, what, what's the next move that they can do? Uh, I say patch up that defense, but are they are they going to be able to afford patching up that defense? Because there's a lot of investment, a lot of money into that offensive line. A lot of money on that offensive line. A lot of money on that running back. A lot of money in that wide receiver. Now a lot of money in that quarterback. It's a lot of money on that offense, and I'm saying that games with Dallas, it's going to come down to shootouts with them. <laughs> it's going to come down to shootouts with them, so... Uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, how can we compete with them? I'm glad that we restructured Darius Slay, so he's going to be here for a couple more years. So good, we got we have our number one cornerback, but you got to make sure you got to make sure we have our safeties prepared. You have to make sure we have our other outside quarter cornerback, our opposite cornerback of uh, Darius Slay. See what these slot corners can do because we have nothing but slot corners outside of Darius Slay at this point. That secondary was getting eaten up, eaten alive, but we were just at that point in time shattered in week 16. So we need to, obviously, we're going to be having a new defensive scheme with Coach Gannon. And with that, we should be able to at least not be so exposed like how we were with the Eagles. With Jim Schwartz, excuse me. <laughs> not with the Eagles. With Jim, uh, hopefully, John, uh, Jonathan Gannon is not going to allow us to be so exposed like how Jim Shorts left us. It seemed like that, that was always the case with Jim Shorts. I've watched so many plays of Amari Cooper running free against us, Michael Gallup running free against us, getting beat. And I'm like, what the hell? At this point in time, I think it comes down to just the scheme. Because these guys are professional athletes at the end of the day. And at, at, at some point, when I was watching that game in Week 16 against the Cowboys, it was looking like a college game with the amount of big plays I was giving up. It was looking like a damn college game. The hell's that about? But anyways, though, uh, so yeah, so I mean, the off season again, it's 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 picking up more and more. There's going to be a lot of moves to be made. You're starting to hear more uh, noises happening around the league. What's going to happen with the Russell Wilson situation, Deshaun Watson situation? At least we know what happened now with the Carson Wentz situation, the Dak Prescott situation. Amazing how that happened. If someone were to tell me back in 2016 after the draft, hey, look, that quarterback that Dallas drafted in the fourth round, he's going to last longer in Dallas than Carson Wentz is going to last longer in Philadelphia. <laughs> I would have laughed straight in your face. But I tell you this, at the end of the day, even though Dallas might have won this battle right now between Dak and Wentz, Dallas could get that victory. They can get that victory. Gloat, gloat, go ahead. I don't mind. I really don't mind about that. Because of what I care about is making sure this team this team gets back to hoisting that Lombardi trophy like they did three years ago. Like they did three years ago, which is why at the end of the day, I don't mind. I don't mind Dallas could have the small victory of the Dak versus Wentz. They could have it. They could have it. They could have it. Let them enjoy it. But we'll see if they can go ahead and get back to relevancy as well. So with that being said, I'm going to close off this podcast right now. I'm going to get back to my subscribers on YouTube. If you guys do want to go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel that's listening to my podcast, do subscribe to my channel, Darius Dalton. Uh, with that being said, I do appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode here on Believe Sports Podcast. 
My name is Darius Dalton, and as always, 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 uh, what do I say? Oh, yeah. Go Birds. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.